0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minimans standing at the ready to fight anew for life, liberty, property, what matters at the time it matters and the way it matters. Always skating towards where the puck is headed, not to where it's been. Deep... And Broad, The Truth, 18 Months Early. This is what we're about here. Daniel Hurwitz, CR Podcast. It is Thursday, February 9th. And, you know, one of you, uh, and I'm sorry if I don't remember the name, but just left a comment on our iTunes ratings referencing that we fight the the scratch-the-surface conservatives. Scratch-the-surface conservatism. I actually like that. It's a mouthful, but it's very accurate. What we have been ailing from for so long is a movement that just scratches the surface superficially, a daily talking point, no continuity of observation, continuity of strategy and policy and vision and goals from day to day. It resets every day. A new hearing, a new viral clip. Social media really killed any initiative. And that's why, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks in this legislative session— These deep red states where you barely have any official Democrats, but they're full of unofficial Democrats embodied in Republicans where we can't even get basic values, sanity, liberty, medical freedom passed in any of these states. But we are undeterred because you got to start somewhere. And I certainly appreciate all of you who have signed up for our con action teams. We're going to give you an update on where things stand in the red states, why they are where we are where we need to get some other news on um, Fauci and COVID, which is just, just astounding. And folks, the Brookings Institute just did a study of podcasts, and they're warning that podcasts is an untapped place of misinformation because it's mainly saturated by conservatives. Now, I would argue most of them are empty calories, which is part of the problem. Imagine the power if they would all be focusing on what we focus on. But they rated me number six in the country in terms of misinformation. This is awesome. 12.4% of the episodes are misinformation. Now, honestly, I'm very insulted by that. Because misinformation means the truth 18 months early. It should be 100 Percent of episodes. But, you know, Bannon is crushing me. He's number one at 19.8. You got Charlie Kirk under him, uh, uh Clay Travis and Buck Sexton three, Michael Savage four, Brett Weinstein five, and I'm six ahead of Crowder and some others there. Um So I got to appeal that, that ranking. I mean, 12.4%, <laughs> however the heck they figured that out. But folks, in all seriousness, it does tell me that they are going to come for itunes at some point but again you could always get the show on blaze media itself um a first sponsor today look you know when you make choices every single vital product and service is a choice to get the right product that works for yourself and your body but also for your values qp goat soap okay everyone needs soap everyone needs sh- shampoo are you going to go with the big cartel dove and 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 Zest? that uh, are promoting the tranny agenda? Where are you gonna go with Quinn Pittman? Who's Quinn? Not your average 15-year-old kid. He has his own goat soap uh, business on their family farm along with his mom and dad. They package and produce the best, healthiest soap in America. Quality products begin with the right ingredients, raw milk, whole oils, and citrus, ensuring these items are properly handled each step of the way. At Quinn Pittman Goat Milk Products, they place product quality over profit margins. It's really a love of labor. They're so passionate about it. So when you get that, you know you're getting things in your body, because that's what it is when you put it on your skin, that are not pro-inflammatory, that are healthy, natural, um, and they want you to have the best product and the best value for your money. Try their soap and shampoo once, and you will feel the difference the first time you use it. qpgoatsoap.com. Use promo code Daniel for ten percent off the order. It's a Christian Christian homeschooling family, by the way. Fifteen year old kid entrepreneur, unbelievable. Truly a great American story. It's a Florida story. Um, they're in Volusia County, so check them out if you're in the area. But Everywhere in the country, you could access them at qpgoatsoap.com, promo code Daniel. So, you know, I've been trying to figure out <clears throat> why it is <clears throat> everywhere we're getting crushed. So, once again in Wyoming, our bill to bar mask and vaccine and testing mandates based on CDC, WHO guidelines, it lost 29 to 32. And everywhere, everywhere we can't get it. <clears throat> and everywhere it's the same story. <clears throat> We don't have enough support. The timeline of the state legislatures are too quick. We can't get our message out. And it falls along the lines of where the members are naturally inclined to go, which is to the left. And you can never get enough Republicans. And on the bright spot, we do have actually more members than we ever had. But it's still a minority, even in 70-30 red states, which just demonstrates... How bad it's been for so long. You know, I, I, I've i been thinking all along, and, and I, I kept positing this thesis. How could we be this bad off with this many red states? And the answer is they're not red. Every day, DeSantis is coming out passionately, taking a stand on an issue. Boom, 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 boom. And this is in a R plus three state, rapidly changing, but only because of his leadership. What about Wyoming, Idaho, the Dakotas, Alabama, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Texas? Nothing. We can't get basic things passed. And I'm going to take a long detour towards developing this thesis of how we have the -the scratch-the-surface conservatives that don't penetrate broad and deep and formulate a plan. Every day it's just like a talking point. I want, to, I want to talk about landowners getting crushed by eminent domain with this venture socialist green energy scheme called carbon capture pipelines in the Dakotas, Iowa, Nebraska, and how that demonstrates the problems we have with a lack of activism. But I first want to just talk about some something that happened yesterday. Scratch the service conservatism. Yesterday you had this hearing um, of the Oversight Committee on Twitter censorship. So, obviously, it's all over conservative talk radio, all over Fox News, all over, you know, everywhere. And, you know, there's there's a a lot to talk about. But it's perfect for scratch-the-surface conservatism. Right? Because... They get to have their sound bites. Ooh, look at what this congressman said. And they really laced into the Twitter person there. Okay, but after all this, what are you, you, you going to do about this? What are you going to do about this? Let me tell you quickly what I would do about it. See, they can only hold hearings, they don't have control. But in half the states, Republicans have the House, the Senate, and the governorship. There should be united pressure, not just to have sound bites, but the following. Ban private data vendors from giving or selling the info to the feds unless there is probable cause a crime has been committed. And basically, making that a criminal offense for them to share information with the feds. Require opt-in to any data collection and selling. Ban all deletion of accounts or censorship on account of political or religious beliefs. Senate Bill 50 in Kansas uh, does that. Medical privacy. No state agency or private agency um, or private vendor can share medical information with the federal government without prior consent or crime. And I know I'm jumping along the broad spectrum of privacy. It's not just the censorship issue. And a constitutional amendment. The right of the pe- to people to be secure in their persons, houses, and electronic data and communications. Senator Nathan Dom in Oklahoma has such a proposal on the table. These are just a few ideas. But no, there, there's no continuity of strategy and observations and direction. It's just, oh, this was a great clip by this congressman. That's number one. And number two observation, there was a b- bombshell that was dropped in the middle of that hearing. Nancy Mace, one of the biggest rhinos, she was a big proponent of the vaccine, COVID fascism, big thorn in our side. God God bless her, I, you know, I feel bad for her. She all of a sudden drops a bombshell that she was injured by the second Pfizer shot. She has long-term for, you know, well over a year now, or maybe, you know, a year and a half, um, tremors in her hand, asthma, developed asthma from it, which is common, and frankly, that probably was happening from other vaccines for years, and we didn't notice it with the autoimmune, you know, misclassification of antibody production and also heart pain that just cannot be diagnosed. And that's very scary because that's happening with a lot of people and there's no, you know, it's not being detected. That's your ticking time bomb. And, and, And there's a lot to say about that. You know, one of the most liberal Republicans admitting that. But I had an observation on that. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why is she only disclosing that in the context of Twitter censorship. So her problem was, you would think, oh my gosh, so I'm injured, so therefore what? Therefore what? So, so what? You have, a, you have a talking point. What do you want to do with it? So therefore, these things need to be taken off the market. We need to impose liability on vaccine manufacturers, repeal the PrEP Act. We need to hold these people accountable. We need to end, put a moratorium in all the new shots in the pipeline. All of our action items. No, it's Twitter. Why did you guys censor the information doctors were putting out on the vaccine? And, and again, that's important. That's part of it. But like I told you, is the biggest problem with the Fourth Reich the fact that the government is telling Twitter or Facebook to censor information on the genocide and censor our accounts? Or is the bigger problem the fact that they're committing the genocide with public policy and laws that Republicans are agreeing to and not changing. You see what I mean? It's all about the show, the politics as an end to itself, the twittering. How do you politic nowadays? You Twitter. Oh, you're getting in the way of my politicking? That's a problem. Oh, you're ruining my congressional polit- t- Twitter account? Now I'm upset. And again, of course, don't get me wrong, we all agree that it's a huge First Amendment problem if the government is working with these <coughs> companies to call in airstrikes and censor people. But it's not the censorship over the genocide. It's the genocide. Like, I, I it was weird. And again, I, I feel for her. But I was thinking, okay, so Nancy, are you now going to be an advocate to take away these shots? Are you proposing legislation? You're just upset that Twitter censored information about it. It's kind of bizarre, but I thought that was a really good observation exemplifying what the Republican Party and conservative media is all about. Scratch the surface. Conservatism. Drive-by conservatism. Now, folks, <laughs> with all this death and destruction, I, I'm dead serious about this. It just came out that, uh, in Germany, they're experiencing 41% excess deaths, 41% excess deaths. If you have a family like I do, you know how much your loved ones depend on you. If you're the breadwinner, you need life insurance. But usually from your place of employment, uh, on average, you're only getting about one-tenth of what you need. <laughs> and uh, look, you know, with everything that's planned against us, especially if you got the clot shots, I, I must say, you really do need to take a look at this so i i went on to policy genius go to policygenius.com slash daniel it's not an insurance company they do not sell life insurance but what they do is they give you the most seamless comparison of all the vendors out there apples to apples comparison and boom right away after a few minutes you get a quote they don't you know run you around the loop like others do Um, and, and you could find, uh, basically with policy genius, you could find life insurance policies that start at just $39 per month for 2 million of coverage, even less for 1 million. Um, you know, and I, I have a family of four kids. So, so, you know, you're going to need at least a million for that. Especially nowadays with inflation, some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid also medical exams. That's an important thing as well. So, and, and, and also they have licensed agents that you could talk to. It's not just some random website. So you could work it out. Hey, is this apples to apples? Does this have a medical exam? What does this cover? There's no added fees. Uh, your personal details are private. It's not shared. Your loved ones depend upon you for financial safety. That's why you need to head over to policygenius.com Daniel or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. It's policygenius.com Daniel. And, folks, it is getting bad. It, it really is getting bad. Um, I ha- I, again, I, I, it, I, I take no pleasure on being 18 months ahead of everyone. But this is a long-term problem. The subclinical myocarditis—I was the first one to talk about that. It, it's bad. It really is. I—I—I um, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say theologically, philosophically. God's plan for the world. I mean, seven, eight million people likely already died. Is that not enough? And I—I I don't know. I don't know what to say. But it's never too late to do the right thing. And still, we—we we can't get anything in North Dakota. All of our bills are being mowed down in committee. Nothing. Okay, so it's compromise. Not all the shots, but just the COVID shot. Okay, you won't take it off the market, but at least stop the mandates. No, no, nothing. Stop the mask mandates. No, we won't. No amount of information will change their mind. It's a fat-free zone. I'm talking about bodies that are like eight to one Republican. And, and, And why is that? Why is that? And what's interesting is, and I've noticed this, there's one bill we were successful on in South Dakota so far. Not on medical freedom, it's with carbon capture. Eminent domain. And it got me thinking. Very interesting thing. It's a long way of developing this issue, and I'm going to develop the issue. We've mentioned it a little bit last week. So, the problem we have... Is that most bad things that they do, cartel does, it's gradual, it's subtle, it's over time, and it's spread out universally. So the people who would be victims of it are not distinguishable. They're not a unique special interest group that you can get together and make a lot of noise But the ones who benefit from the policy are wealthy, connected, earning a ton of money. So they got it covered. They got the legal, the policy, the talking points, the media. Obviously, Pfizer and the vaccines is the quintessential example of that. And, you know, so they have the organization. And we're just like all kind of like, yeah, it sucks. We're being ruled over. But there's no one constituency. This is an interesting issue going on where you have the ultimate concentrated harm that's very sudden, very dramatic on a group of people, landowners in Iowa, Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota. So they have these carbon capture pipelines. What's a carbon capture pipeline? So picture you build a pipeline where you deliver the most efficient, effective gas and oil to your area. Well, that's a huge public good. And that's a classic case of eminent domain. It's for the public use, the ultimate public need. And, and people understand that, you know, if, if there's no other way to route it outside of your property, you're going to take one for the team, and certainly you're going to be justly compensated. But that's public use eminent domain. But then imagine if you had to cede your property. For a goddamn lie. For a global warming myth. That CO2 is a pollutant. And the government creates a market. For something that can never be achieved. In the private sector. And goes and says. Hey. We're going to give you billions in subsidies. And then just in general. Dump on CO2. Use the boot of government. It's not just the subsidies for carbon capture. But. the the hundreds of billions in mandates, subsidies, regulations, marketing around the lie that CO2 is a problem. Okay, without the government, there would never be a market for this. So they have this hocus pocus that we're going to have this technology to sequester and capture the carbon emitted from various plants and different things. And we're going to route it underground in a pipeline and keep it in a cave Storage container underground forever. Billions upon billions of tons of... Of carbon. For the sake of making... Energy and oil and gas... Billions of times more expensive. Unfeasible. The technology is so not to scale. It's so not feasible. So not doable, even if you believe in it. Much less the fact that it's all for a lie. And that's gonna further... Make gas and oil look like a laughing stock. Oh, this way of dealing with CO2 is stupid, which it is, and therefore we only need wind, solar, electric cars. So rather than what they claim it saves oil and gas, no, it actually plays into the global warming agenda. You never ever win by acceding to the premise, but this is the new GOP. Maybe also the croniest wing of the Democrats that aren't like the true blue, you know, green energy folks. Because like the Sierra Club, they're all against carbon capture. But imagine you have a pipeline that's going to now go through your yard. You get nothing for it. Nothing but crap. Just, you know, routed into your thing and you lose your property over it. That's what's going on in these areas. And they want to use eminent domain to kick them out. And they're now fighting back. And I I, I just, it, it struck me that I was like, wow, this is what it takes. When you have a particularized, concentrated harm on specific people, they get together and they're, you know, it's a whole thing in these states now. And, you know, also it's it's black and white it's not a subtle thing over time like you, you you lose your land you know there's not much you can do you can't miss it so finally it's getting on the map but i'll tell you even with that even with that getting on the map shockingly it is still you know it, it, it we might lose the game we're only making modest product, progress, and, and if I had to guess, based on where we are now, especially North Dakota and Iowa, from what I'm hearing, none of the bills are going to pass to end, you know, to block eminent domain. So I want to get into some of the details of this. Um, but first, uh, you know, speaking, speaking of uh, cronyism, food, same thing. We, we don't have a free market. Everything that is going on is propped up by government to do voodoo things in an inefficient way, in a stupid way, in a harmful way, in a costly way, to produce crappy products, dangerous products, dangerous things at a high cost that the free market would never support, but because of an amalgamation of government market distortions, taxation, regulation, subsidization, litigation, mandates, you have basically... We have a bunch of hormone-injected meat that's becoming scarcer and more expensive. That's why I recommend everyone get oinked with Moink to go to moinkbox.com conservative and get yourself, while you're purchasing, a monthly box, an assortment you could choose of... of The finest grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon, straight to your door. You also get, with that sign-up, free filet mignon for an entire year. Again, this is an American farmer in Missouri, sixth generation, um, not part of that whole uh, Chinese-owned cartel that owns 60% of U.S. pork production. And it's not full of pro-inflammatory stuff that probably made everyone this generation all hormoned up, who knows, and all inflamed. Um, they got ribeyes from chicken breast to pork chops, salmon filets, delicious tasting. Again, go to moinkbox.com conservative now. And get one year free filet mignon and keep American farming going in the healthiest way. That's moinkbox.com conservative. So carbon capture. So basically... Basically, what's carbon capture is the perfect GOP issue. I mean, if I had to find an issue that embodies the cronyism of the Republicans, it's this issue. You get to triangulate by saying, well, okay, I agree, global warming is a problem, carbon is a problem. But you can't completely destroy oil and gas. We're going to keep doing the wind and the solar and the electric vehicles, which all these governors are doing. But in addition... Here's how we're going to save oil and gas that doesn't need to be saved. We're going to have carbon capture, and we have the technology to capture it in the air and route it underground and store it, and this is what they call carbon capture sequestration. It is not feasible. It's built on a lie. It's stupid. It's expensive. But but it's a perfect issue because ExxonMobil is pushing it because they feel it it allows them to get in on the global warming while still saving their stuff. Now, Daniel, it's not feasible, it's expensive. Yeah, like anything else, they don't care. Half of it they get from government subsidies, and the other half, guess what? They'll pass on to the consumer. So again, they, they don't care. That's why we never have the industries affected by the mandates ever side with us, because when you can't beat them, join them. They don't care. You know, they'll get to look like they're part of global warming, and th- th- it, ain't, it ain't coming out of their bottom line. And that's why oil and gas and, and coal are, are so expensive. It shouldn't be, but they go along with the regs. They don't care. They'll make their money. And then all of the donors and associates of Kim Reynolds in Iowa and Christy Noem in North Dakota and Eric Holcomb in Indiana and uh, Doug Burgum in, in North Dakota, you get to line their pockets line their pockets on something that the free market would never, ever, ever sustain. So that's, that's what they're doing with this Summit Carbon Solutions pipeline. That's the biggest one. A very well-connected Iowa-based company. It's planning a 2,000-mile-long uh, pipeline called Midwest Carbon Express would be routed through nebraska iowa south dakota minnesota north dakota mainly from iowa through the dakotas supposedly transporting co2 emissions from midwestern ethanol plants to um uh to to these parts of like mercer county north dakota where they're going to store it underground in very expensive infrastructure sort of like stopping a virus with a mask except a mask that would cost billions of dollars that's what they're doing Right, we're going to capture the carbon in the air. A um, couple of things just about the supposed feasibility and science of this before we get on to the political issue. And, and there's one or two more also. It's Navigator CO2 um, is another company. They have something called the Heartland Greenway Project. Uh, and there's, there's one other. And, and it, these are the affected areas. So, before we get to how this thing boiled over, um basically so carbon capture was just given 3.7 billion in subsidies by the Department of Energy in that stupid inflation whatever bill they passed last year. And but the reality is even if you go with their own models, okay, their own fake climate science models, the reality is the warming would be one degree and this amount of um, carbon capture you know after the insane expense and I didn't even get to the feasibility and the safety issues and everything and the infrastructure you would need in place removing just one ppm that's parts per million by volume of CO2 from the atmosphere will require the removal of 7.8 billion tons of of CO2 emissions. Because cause just because you remove it from the atmosphere, it does uh, fr- from you capture the emissions, doesn't really mean you're going to make a dent. And and I'm talking about even their own science. Obviously, we don't believe in that whole thing. But you would have to take out a tremendous, tremendous amount. And senior fellow at uh, American a- a- Enterprise Institute, Benjamin Zeicher, he did an article last year on this at uh, Real Clear Energy, the IEA total cost estimates for greenhouse gas capture using CCS technologies, right, that's carbon capture sequestration, is around $50 to $120 $20 per ton. And so if you have 53 billion tons of, of greenhouse gases per year, and you well, let's say your goal is to capture 10% of it, and that's less than the Paris climate goal, um at the low end of $50 would be $265 billion a year. Okay, um, Okay, so that's, that's insane. So imagine building all these pipelines, all that infrastructure, all that construction, everything, and you get nothing for it. Literally voodoo capturing carbon, what are you gonna do with it? It's not delivering the lifeblood of humanity, oil and gas. So it doesn't pay for itself. It doesn't pay for anything. But then, then there's the logistics of storage. Robert Bryce wrote this in a column a couple of months ago, again, at Real Clear Energy. We would need to find an underground location able to swallow a volume equal to the contents of 41 oil supertankers each day, 365 days a year. So you would, in order for this to work, you would have to have our entire underground sitting with caves of CO two, which is not feasible, and the safety of that is insane, because like, you know, the whole fracking industry had to come up with all these protocols to deal with the safety of, you know, the uh, the stability of that that you don't, you know, when you start fracturing the ground, you don't have, uh, you know, things blowing up on you. This is unbelievable. It's the most retarded thing ever known to man. It's unreal. Now, here's the deal. Just to be clear, you might go online and you'll find mainly left-wing outlets railing against it. Now, they're the absolutist because they don't want any attempt to so-called save oil and gas. They just want, you know, straight up no oil and gas. So they'll make fun out of it and say some of these same things too. But they're not wrong in that respect that it's not feasible. It's just that, well, this whole thing's a freaking lie and we need to just have gas and oil flow efficiently without regulations and get it done. But Republicans have all latched onto this. This, th- this ship has sailed. They started this project in 2021 and now they're in the final stages of trying to grab land and this is where we are. Now, typically, this would, carbon capture would have gone the way of wind, solar, and electric cars, that no matter how illogical and stupid it is and expensive, the red states will underwrite it and go ahead with it. But there's one difference here. Here you have to build an infrastructure with pipelines that go across people's land. So here's where this is the only reason why we have opposition to this. It's not the general public, this is a stupid idea. No, we can't get people lit about that. It's landowners with their lives literally on the line from this uh, eminent domain, and they are the ones that that are suffering. Okay, they're the ones suffering, and here's the reality. Well, you know what, before I get to just the land issue, I just want to note another insane irony of this whole issue... The pipelines for this particular project, they're not even going from like a coal-fired power plant. They're going from an ethanol power plant. Think about that. So you're having one venture socialist voodoo government parasitic rent-seeking thing servicing another one. The entire ethanol only got off the ground because of the 2005 Energy Policy Act, which was a lie that where they said, "Oh, it's this is how to save the environment." So they mandated it, they subsidized it. for a while they had a tariff to protect it. Um, you mandate that this has to be blended into all refineries, destroy the refining industry, get fewer mileage of, of gas, destroy f- you know four rows of every 10 rows of corn grown, raise the price of chicken and corn and everything down that food chain for that other utter crap called ethanol, and now, oh, whoops, actually, after all that, destroying food, destroying fuel, more expensive, destroys oil refinery. actually, it's bad for the environment. Whoops. So now, we need another version of government venture socialism to service that. It is just so disgusting, but it's the red states, even more than the blue states, by the way, that have bought into all this, because they have the land. But... I mean, this is just an insane, utterly insane issue. And by the way, Summit Carbon Solutions was a big donor to Christy Noem's inauguration. Its main lobbyist in South Dakota is the GOP party chair, Dan Letterman, who's a jerk. The company's CEO is a big Iowa Republican donor, the legendary Bruce um, Rastetter. Um, he's donated several hundred thousand dollars to Kim Reynolds. So... Kim Reynolds, you know, in 2021, along with these other governors, they started a task force to explore the carbon capture uh, project. And now it's coming down to eminent domain. So now they're fighting. And by the way, all along with all this legislation, all these governors, I mean, Berghem from North Dakota is blatantly pushing it, but Christy Nome and Kim Reynolds are like very quiet, very quiet about it. We know they support it, but it's extremely unpopular with the public and the landowners. So they're playing this double game. Not taking an issue. And this is this is the job of conservative media to draw out people like Kim Reynolds and Christy Noem who want to pretend to be conservatives and make them actually take a stand. And, and I'm sick of this crap with Kim Reynolds. Oh, we, we're, we're a free state. We didn't have a shutdown. She has failed to support a single piece of legislation. Not, not one. Rectifying any aspect of COVID fascism. Well, we didn't do it here to begin with. Really? I'm, I'm sick of that crap. It was done in all 50 states, okay, to appalling degrees. Oh, it wasn't to quite this appalling degree. Any city that had more than three people in it had kids, school kids, masked forever. Had the businesses masked? The even at, even at a local government level, they refused to do it. At least the scientists owned up to it. It's like yes, this was stupid. Should have never been done. And we're gonna try to end it. And the localities were doing it. And eventually he fought the localities. And now he's fighting the hospitals to end the final you know, mandates, which are in hospitals. No other governors trying to kick it out of the hospitals. Still going on in every other state. Every state. Own up to it. No, they won't support any legislation. But anyway, basically what happens now is um, it goes towards you either have a public service commission a utilities commission, some sort of executive government agency branch that will sign off on the request for eminent domain. So they basically say this is in the public good. This is in the public good, and it's needed, and therefore, you know, this is what we're going to do. And, and this is where you have this brouhaha. Now, by the way, just to uh, um, close the loop on this, it's particularly bad in South Dakota. For whatever reason, South Dakota has an archaic law. It might be the only state, I'm not 100% sure, where pipelines are designated in statute as a common carrier. and they, So they have private sector eminent domain there. A common carrier, which Summit Solutions can be – they're clearly under that definition under current law – they could just take your land. They could come in and and take you straight to court and start the proceedings. They could say, we think this is in the public good. Here's why we think it, and therefore, boom. See, standard eminent domain, you have to prove that it's in the public good, and the public, the government has to sign off on that. So the government has to adopt it as a public good. Okay, and then, you know, you take it. Here, in South Dakota, it's even worse because they could just, Go ahead and do it. So so that much I think we are going to get past. Uh, this is, and I'm forgetting who is the sponsor, but it is South Dakota HB 1133. It just passed out of State Affairs Committee. It passed out. It's going to go to the floor. We're going to see what happens. Christy Noem has not uttered a word. By the way, it's interesting that the pipeline is going to go through right into the Watertown area that's where Christy Nome herself owns property. So it's kind of an interesting thing because I think she, her family might be on the hook for it. members of her family, certainly people she knows. But on the other hand, her donors and lobbyists and associates clearly are in with this. So it's an interesting issue there. But anyway, HB 1133, it just passed. Now, I can't even tell you, despite all the pressure, there was an emotional testimony from this woman, um, Lindy Schultz, at the State Affairs Committee where she was crying, and she just bought, you know, they have new land, they want to build a house, and she was describing the conversation. And you see, like, some people might say, well, you get compensated, you get to negotiate, you know, they'll pay you a lot of money. But what people don't understand is, when you have eminent domain, you don't have a free market. See, a free market is, well, you need something from me, I need something from you, and we kind of reach an equilibrium. But here you know, it's kind of like Pfizer with, well, if I can mandate the product, and I have no liability, then you have no market forces. So same thing here. If I could pull the panic button through any time in our negotiations, and just take it from you anyway, well, I have a greater, um, you know, a greater leverage over you. So one thing is they're able to lie. And she noted that so the way they got this off the ground is they scared everyone into thinking everyone supports it. So they told her that in her Watertown area, 70% of the dudes uh, gave easements for it. So it's like, hey, you're, you're, you're holding it up. But then she called around and found that, no, it, it, it was a total lie. Also, she said, quote, that, that a guy, a guy one of the company reps, I guess from, from Summit, or it might have been Navigation, uh, the other one, Work with us now, and we might adjust the route on your property. Or when we get eminent domain, we'll put the pipeline wherever we want on your land. We're done changing the, the 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 route, the proposed route. See, they they could only do that. It's kind of like the old penny auctions during the Great Depression. They could only do that because of that government carve out for them. I mean, that's a straight up unconstitutional grab of of private land and that would be bad enough if it was a legitimate product that was delivering good things that legitimately got off the ground without government help but it's all the more disgusting it's exactly like pfizer this is the land equivalent of vac- of vaccines the, the the carbon capture eminent domain it's, it's it's a really important issue and i mean this should be a non-starter but we have to struggle just to make them not a common carrier but even if that passes, they're still in the same predicament every other state is. Okay, fine. But who's to say the state Public Service Commission, Utilities Commission, in all these states won't sign off on it? I think they will. Because they're all captured. Carbon capture. They're owned. Because we have become scratch-the-surface conservatives that refuse to fight the issues that matter in the way they matter, at the time they matter, Carbon capture would be 10 years down the field already. It's a unique issue that it requires a lot of eminent domain. That's the only reason why it's even meeting a hurdle. But even with all this emotionally, you can imagine, you're a Republican governor, you have all this testimony. I mean, even the fact that they could grab it without the Public Service Commission, this this, this bill in, um, in South Dakota. Still, it only passed eight to five. There shouldn't be more than one, to my knowledge, one Democrat on that committee. Maybe two, but one or two. So that means that you had Republicans that even supported Carbon Solutions grabbing your land without the state approval. Just coming in straight in as a private company. Done. You're out. This is what we have as Republicans. Republicans. It's truly unbelievable. With people suffering from scarcity and high prices, the worst thing we can do is inefficiently allocate resources and offer this special treatment for inherently crappy energy schemes. We need to, in all these states, it would be a no-brainer to end all energy mandates, restrictions, and subsidies, and anything related to the global warming scheme, and bar... Any eminent domain for green energy—it's not—it's not a public good. It's a government-propped-up scheme. Do you know? Um, see, one of the big—I believe—one of the big leverage points that we need to ask for in return for the debt ceiling is repealing that—you uh, know—four hundred billion green en- energy handout bill last year. So CBO originally scored the tax credits for electric vehicles as $30.6 billion over 10 years. But now we see the real estimates are more like $136 billion. So there's nothing about that that's free market. And this is the thing. And I want to zoom out a little bit of this issue with carbon capture in the Dakotas just just to note. That when we discuss all this stuff with discrimination law, eminent domain law, you know, all the things we're running up against. Oh, the private sector wants to force you to wear a mask, wants to discriminate against you, wants to deny service, ESG, all this stuff. And and these, and these phony SOBs, phony Republican governors and legislators are like, wow, I don't like telling the private sector what to do. They're only in that position that they have the leverage to do what they're doing because we don't have a free market. That's the point, and, and we have to understand the era we live in. If we're going to dogmatically say the private sector could do what they want, it's its essentially the government doing what they want. Now, again, you've got to do it carefully. You know, we don't want to, like, we're not going to totally be- become, so. there's this fine line where you become socialist. We're not trying to do that. We're just trying to say we are going to apply things equally. Now, again, this doesn't apply to eminent domain because this is just straight up insane, You don't even need to come on to that but um we we can't get anything passed anything on any issue because for years we have satiated ourselves on talking points and nothingness so the bad guys have the interest the money the organization on every sub policy of every policy and every committee every subcommittee much less floor Consider legislation in every chamber of every red state. We don't have anything anywhere. Except for the few issues that we actually do something with. You know what's amazing? You watch in Wyoming. We can't get an end to gender studies. We can't even get the mask mandate in schools off. Nothing. But you know what's interesting? You look at um, the, the the Wyoming Senate just voted to ban castration. And we only lost like three Republicans. I mean, most Republicans did vote for it. It's very interesting. Um, abortion is another amazing one. So, you know, like let's say, you know, if you had to rate an issue on how hardcore you're going to be on that issue. So, with medical freedom on a scale from one to hundred, we can't get a five passed in Wyoming. Yet, with abortion, we get level hundred. So, they have a bill. Um, they have a bill banning all abortion in all circumstances everywhere, except if there's a danger that the mother will die or have serious injury. So, in other words, rape, incest, all of it's banned. It's pretty hardcore, right? I mean, that's that's as hardcore as you can get. And so the rhinos did try to bring up amendments to weaken it, and they didn't have the votes. They didn't have the votes. It's an unbelievable thing. Yet we couldn't even get a watered down bill after everyone agrees. Fauci himself is saying stuff like this that, you know, the vaccines don't work, they're harmful, CDC was wrong on everything. Everyone recognizes that. We still cannot get policies to reflect. That reality. It's truly unbelievable. It's truly unbelievable. You got in Idaho right now, the Idaho House passed a bill for this launch, the Idaho launch program. It sounds like some of these like other Western countries have this socialist program. The program basically promises every Idaho high school graduate eighty five hundred dollars just handout to use at an approved college, university, or workforce training program in the state. It's $102 million a year, which is a lot for a small state. And the Workforce Development Council will determine what jobs are in demand, and with no accountability, they'll have the direct power, the money to to direct any money to their preferred interests. Okay? So, classic. Government cronies, aka which jobs do you need? Okay, here's money to funnel people into these professions. It's unbelievable, the central planning, Stalinist five-year plans. Passed Idaho House. And Idaho, again, Idaho is one of the better, relatively better legislatures. It was, it was very close. It was a close vote. We had a lot of no votes. Still wasn't quite enough. It was an issue the Idaho Freedom Caucus fought there. And again, like, I, I, I really am, you know, I... I I've met a lot of the Freedom Caucus executive directors in the state. I mean, this is the best thing we've ever had. Before the Freedom Caucus, we had nothing. There was nothing even on the map. These were 100% leftist states. Let's go to California. Okay, California legislature. I'm just looking this up now. How many How many seats? Let's see here. How many seats do they have? What's the orientation of their legislature? Democrats have a 32 to 8 majority in the upper chamber and a 62 to 18 majority in the lower chamber. Could you ever imagine a scenario where, like, let, let's take the House, the 62 to 18, that like 50 of the 62 Democrats were really conservatives pushing to ban gay marriage, pushing to ban illegal immigration, ban green energy, whatever, you know, ban vaccines, and they would join with every Republican and, like, constitute a super-majority conservative chamber. Forget about 50 of 62. 20 of 62. Well, 20, 38. Would that even, yeah, well, that would still give them a majority. If you had 20 conservative Democrats, 18 Republicans, that's 38... Out of 80, no, actually it wouldn't. <laughs> that's not even enough. you need like, you know, 23 Democrats. So that's, that's what we have in, in the better states. The better states, it's a minority of Republicans, but pretty significant minority, joining with the Democrats, constitute a majority. And many other states, it's really a supermajority. And until recently, and a lot of them with the Freedom Caucus, and still is the case in like Indiana, it's almost every Republican. That's how bad it is. Why am I the only one pointing this out? But as I predicted, this year is going to be full of hearings. You know, this is... To, today is the first hearing of the weaponization uh, subcommittee and judiciary. And that's fine as a start. But if it's an end to itself, if tweeting is an end to itself, if viral clips is an end to itself, then, then, then where are we headed? Nothing's going to change. No one has demonstrated... How we're gonna change things. I just want to end off with one point that bothers me about these legislatures. Mark Twain once said in 1866, no man's life, liberty, or property is safe while the legislation while the legislature is in session. And I almost cried when I saw that because that's when we had constitutional government. So the executive branch couldn't do anything that's not pursuant to law. So they had limited government in 1866, and they wanted to keep it limited. So the best way is to ensure that the legislature is very weak and you know meets very short period of time, can only introduce legislation for a few days, and, and done. But ironically, the one aspect of government that hasn't grown, believe it or not, is red state legislatures. Most of them. Most of them operate the way they did in the 1800s. Except now, we have... 40 years worth of culture and politics, federal state executive branches, and fake private sector working together to make red states a cultural and economic and liberty wasteland. Just like blue states. So now your only redress is the legislature to fight to pass things to overturn that. And whoops, we're out of session. You know, South Dakota's session is 40 days. 40 freaking days. North Dakota... It's every other year. We'd have to wait another year and a half after this session. Their session's a little longer, but then you have to wait another year and a half. If these landowners can't fight it, they're done. Oh, the government's limited because the legislature, no. The Public Service Committee, commission, could grab their land. Wake up, conservatives. Some of you guys, I have friends, I have friendly disagreements with them. Oh, well, I'd like a part-time legislature. I understand they sometimes pass bad things, but on net, it, it works against us. You need more robust oversight. You also need time for us to build support. What they're doing is they just rapidly have hearings, we can't even get people to testify, and boom, they just dispense of it, and people don't even know what happened. I need help with this. You listening in this audience, you could make a difference. Rather than scratching the surface, you could penetrate deep to the core of the rot and root it out. Join one of our legislative strike force teams. Again, we have teams set up in about a dozen states. The dozen other red states we still need. ConAction.network, sign up. If you want to be a team leader, reach out to me personally, Daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com. This is a way, and again, it's going to be clunky this cycle. But hopefully at least by next year, we're gonna be able to work with these people off season on the issues and the experts to draft exact legislation to build the support, build the media, build the talking points, build the energy. And you see, you see on the issues like abortion and, and the training stuff, it, it worked. It did work. And, and and so it's not all bad news, but we got to dig deeper. We cannot be satiated on, oh, he really owned the libs in this clip. And he had a great tweet while on the policy that matters. They're grabbing our land. They're destroying our country. They're seating us with criminals and illegal aliens. They're seating us with insane refugees. They are taking away our food and fuel and medicine. And they are injecting our children year after year with this stuff that should have never been injected. And now it's worse than ever. Where is our blueprint to stop it? I'm working on that blueprint, but I need help. I need I need a greater reach. You know, it was it was uh sad looking at that Brookings Institute study on podcasts, and I was thinking, if only all those that they mentioned, aside from mine, actually did what we did, the impact that it could truly have. That's why I need you to help grow our reach, help us have the. Grow our misinformation, as they say, which is truth 18 months ahead of time. So while it's still available on iTunes, before they censor it, give us a five-star rating with a comment. Really, really does help with the algorithm. Send our shows to all of your friends and relatives. You know, even if you have someone like, ah, I don't like this stuff, as you well know, I'm not, I'm not a party-line, just Republican talker. This is very different... Very nuanced, new information, different information. Um, and, and tomorrow we're going to give a lot of important stuff. I didn't get to Fauci, his uh, st- his uh, academic paper he just wrote on respiratory virus is not working. We're going to have Naomi Wolf on to talk about her latest findings on the death shot. Uh, send me your comments for her. Daniel Harwitz at startmail.com, at Conservative on Twitter. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.